か12番のドーデュースドーデュース一気に2番手から先頭に立っていったさあ先頭はドーデュースになったドーデュースになった残り200を通過突き放す突き放すドーデュースが突き放す2馬身3馬身4馬身ブラダリアブラダリアそして1番のマーテンローレオ2番手争い先頭は12番のドーデュースだゴールインドーデュースドーデュース2番手争いはマーテンローレオとブラダリアマーテンローレオと Yeah, in the ballpark, although it looks more just looking at the history of the Shima Classic, which would be the race that he heads to in Dubai. He looks more like a place getter off that number than a winner. The winner's been a little bit better, but right in the thick of it, and it's not hard to envisage or forecast him taking that step forward. The last horse to, to beat Equinox.、Uh, and obviously, if you, if you were to be very cute with him and, and sort of say, well, is Equinox good? For starters, you'd be wrong, I think, but <laughs> but you could be cute with him and, and say, Look, that that sort of form and that form line is carry some weight on the world stage. And I was having a look at it, so last six months, if we cut it off at sort of a six monthy thing, there's only really been in that pool of horses worldwide, only six, I think, that you'd say were, were better than what DeJuice did there on, on the weekend and at Kyoto. And Those horses would be Equinox being one of them.、Yep. Um, big end to the season. Although, my thinking with Equinox is that he's still. You're not sold. I'm sold on him being an international Group 1 horse and a superstar, but I don't know that he's,、um, his record is that he's a Contrail. I don't think he's quite that.、Yep. I think he's really good. I don't think he's quite in that absolute arm and die. Like, he's not up there, I don't think. His ratings don't match his record. Yeah, I think that's right. It's, you know, Animo, who is another one of these horses, is. Fits a similar mold、he、where、does. he's got a he is an international standard group one horse, Animo, no doubt about that. But he's not,、um, he hasn't busted through 130. He's not so you think. He's not elite.、Mm. Of course, all these things are relative, but he's not, a, he is elite compared to, yeah, you know what I mean.、Uh, so, yeah, Equinox G60 Romantic Warrior in, in Hong Kong are a, a, you know, a bit better than this, probably, and then Animo. And then they were down this year, but Luxembourg and Bay Bridge. Won the champion stakes in Ireland and, and England, and they would absolutely fit in there. So, this number is the same as Viazu winning the Japan Cup. So, there you go. The Kyoto Keenan to the Shima Classic, one from six, but that has outperformed chance at the same time.、Uh, that one, Gentle Donna. She was sixth here, actually, just prepping up and then went and won in 2014. Buena Vista, Love's Only You were among the failed attempts, but having run well there as well. Buena Vista was the same rating as DeJuice, and Love's Only You was actually a bit worse. So, yeah, he fits. He absolutely, without even, I must admit, I can't even think off the top of my head what will be there. The usual suspects, I suppose. But,、um, he'd be a market leader. Oh, he'll be in the he'll be front of house, you would imagine. It, despite a, a failed attempt in France, because that was. Wet tracks. Very easy to write off. He's a, I think he was seen as a little bit disappointing in the ARC trial as well, but if you poured over the sectionals there, you could find a way to say. There was, there was reasons underlying. Set a you know, task. Yeah, it was set an impossible task. They were prepping. They were prepping. One horse I don't think was set a task, but was a big flopperoo. The two two year olds, I guess the headline two year olds going into the weekend, Don Corleone and Charmstone, both, I'd have to say, disappointing. 
Yeah, I don't. I must admit, when you we've said this, and I I've thought about it, and I was like, oh, I don't really have much to say about that, and I've thought about it, and I still don't have much to say. Don Corleone was straight up disappointing without excuses, wasn't he? Mm. He did. A, he seemed to do a bit wrong. He seems to fit the mold of what we're seeing with these two year olds all season. Would that be? Well, learning to fly is the first to go back to back, really. Mm. And obviously the way skirt she the went about it. Skirt the law, yeah. Well, skirt the law was a bit the other way in that she didn't really run big figures at first and then when she got to the the target race, she exploded, whereas the others have sort of gone quickly. In a, like Big debuts and, and not being able to go on with them has been the sort of theme of the two-year-old group. Is that fair to say? And I suppose learning to fly, yes, she won on the weekend, but in terms of her figures, most people would have that as a down run. Mm. So learning to fly's win, which we can we can touch on now, I suppose, is all about how she did it yeah. rather than what she did because yeah she's the figure is I mean there's a there's a straight comparison and a cheap one to make with Cafe Millennium in the first who ran faster than her yep now if only it was so simple they're racing each other in two weeks time learning to fly jumps clearly favourite of the two does yep. she not yeah she would mm. so it's not as simple as who ran faster but it but it's it must mean something. The form book has got to mean something. What you did yesterday, if otherwise, what are we doing here? <laughs> if they were to race in two weeks and she was heavy favourite, you would be backing Cafe Millennium. Yeah, probably. You'd probably spec it because he, he's that looked fantastic and the there is the sectional heat is there. Mm. But, gee, you just expect him to go Don Corleone style next time and flame up off the big debut. King's Gambit. They, yeah. There's a couple of others that I, I can't remember. I suppose down in Melbourne we saw something a little bit different where a horse who, again, hadn't really run, had a good record, two for two, and a bit like last week's Blue Jacket two-year-old winner, had the good, you know, had two runs in the spring, a grounding without setting the world on fire, but clearly above average, and then comes back and goes on with it. Although, again, there's an awkward thing here where the form of the Colts makes more sense and looks to have a lot more substance to it, but the Phillies did run faster. Mm. So again, I would think that Colts form has a lot more to do with the Blue Diamond than the Phillies, who looked plain. And Charmstone is our other flop of the week, isn't she? Mm. Who was dominant in the betting there. Big field, and she cleared out to jump inside five to four. Big expectation. And she she had done nice things in the spring without being brilliant. But she's above average, but she was below form here, so she's a flopperoo. Has she jumped so short because of the comments in the lead-up? I don't think that's enough Does it to have? ripple through a, it might it might it'll generate some bets but surely it's not generating big bets hmm. real bets yeah. like market moving bets aren't uh, you're I not was having market moving bets on the back of a you know out of context trainer quotes are you or well, not you <laughs> sounds aggressive are you <laughs> Simon <laughs> come clean are you betting up on, tra- on trainer quotes well I was surprised she was so hard in the market on the day because when you've got such few data points to work with, and her win at Flemington was nice, but it, she didn't assault the clock. It wasn't unbelievably fast. No, she she moved through both races. Yeah, she did a lot well, but it was good rather than great, wasn't it? It didn't scream, I'm starting 5-4 to four hard favourite in the prelude. Mm. In fact, she's only run... Part of the reason she's only a joint flopper here is she's only five pounds off that. Mm. She's 100 rated and she's run 95. So she's not miles off her form here hugely disappointing the market so the market was looking for something yeah was it the trainer I, I doubt it well often when you don't have many data points you there wasn't are chasing much to work blue with. sky there wasn't much to work with in that race yeah I must say there, w- there really wasn't a lot to work with so and that's why the time to me the time looks good against um, 
the Rubiton later in the card and even the Kevin Hayes so and obviously Fast and the Colts who have a bit more meat on the bones and the right Colts who had run well before were in the finish I think again I think they're I think that's a superstar free zone but at least um, the one two there were both coming off feature wins that were that weren't bad yeah at least it's that much yeah. they hadn't proven they weren't they hadn't proven that they were fast but they hadn't proven they were slow either so they were, you know there's nothing wrong with that and Brave Halo should have been in the finish there but oh. hemmed up Hemmed up. Do you want to comment on Brave Halo? I think... Just a complete tactical misread yeah. by the stable there. They should have led. She says a bit of that on Saturday, but I feel like last week's podcast, I just whinged throughout, so I'm keeping quiet this week. <laughs> <laughs> we were in everyone last week. Yeah, I think have their time over again. They press and lead. Why would you take a sit on such a fast horse? It makes no sense. But anyway. But he, does it I make him interesting? And if you, you know, it's funny. If you go through the history of the prelude, History, te- history says you want to get beat here. Well, not necessarily, but <laughs> it doesn't hurt. And plenty of good horses have been beaten here, and I would definitely be taking my chance. Has that news come out? Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're paying up. Yeah. The big thing with Brave Halo is they didn't get their tactics right. He was unlucky in the straight, wasn't beaten far. They're the leading contenders for the Colts. You go to the Blue Diamond pretty confident that you're going to be in the finish then. Yeah, absolutely. The market fancied him. Yep. It fancied the Perth figure the, More than us Which was nice Because I was watching that pretty intently Because I was interested that Yeah more than us Which is yeah. interesting Because I was sort of worried Well not worried But I was interested to see Whether it might be the other way Well I remember I had to call you around Saying are we happy to put this On a two year old in Perth This early And it was like Whoa this is You don't put a number Pre-Christmas on a western two year old That stacks up in the east As a rule do you yeah, no, no No That's yeah. a That's a look across a decimo What are you doing And Yeah for me That was a big tick for him That he started favourite Because Others had him rate. We didn't have him rated enough to have him favourite, so that means others had him rated higher, which was a nice push, anyway. Yeah, no, I think he's he's got to be hugely interesting. So, what's the what is the Blue Diamond pitch now? The two year old scene just remains completely up in the air for mine. What is the Blue Diamond scene? What are what are we? What are these horses? Don Corleone is that? Do we just keep going? Well, it's the point where he's run so bad that do they just go now? Like they might as well just run. Well, what else are they going to do? Hold him back and run in the Todman, I guess. But do you run in the Todman off that? I Yeah. Paul Snowden did have excuses post-race in terms of how he just didn't handle the heat. The heat? Like the weather? Like he didn't sweat at all okay. and then he kept it all internal and just didn't handle the day at all. So that would make sense in terms of him not running up anywhere near to what would be expected. Kundalani, who he beat, held up in the... Mm. In the millennium, and and so the the debut doesn't look worse now than it did then. No, he so still did he what he still did. did what he did on debut, and I suppose we're still looking at King's Gambit and thinking, well, well, he didn't even dip much at no. his second start, and that just looks fine, doesn't it? Well, he had a similar thing as well. Peter Snowden felt he just didn't handle the day at all, the humidity. So they both had sort of excuses on how they handle the day. Mm, a bit suspicious about that. <laughs> so the Blue Diamond picture itself. The door's well ajar. Yeah, well, I think for all the two-year-old races, there's no one... Even learning to fly, as I said, it was... Um, the figures, yeah, they, they. I was very happy she won. and The eyes guys are going to love it, I suppose. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah, and, well, what and, more do you want and to they're do? And probably, they're probably close to right. Should we tie... We should, while we're, while we're talking about this, we should tie it all in and say that this week's Morikawa winner for the most efficient use of a racehorse. I noticed that our uh, numbers... This podcast is doing good numbers. It is. Apparently that's how you say it. 
but there's a, a lot more new listeners, so we should probably explain that the Morikawa Award is the award for the jockey who most efficiently makes the most efficient use of their horse, as judged by our clever in-house mathematics. Correct. And the Morikawa Award being named after Colin Morikawa, golfer who, at the time of the award coming to be... Was a flusher. Was a flusher and the most efficient user of his irons. That is no longer the case. We've got, considered renaming it, but it's... It's got a ring to it it's now. It's cachet now. Yeah. But it was Blanc de Blanc behind learning to fly, which goes some of the way to explaining why we're not dazzled by the millennium in general. If Blanc de Blanc is the best run in the race in terms of the race shape and where she was positioned for the pace of the race... Well, as in she had the best run. She was in the best spot. J-Mac got a sweet tune out of Blanc de Blanc. So we're thinking that's the full Blanc. And if learning to fly is only a couple of lengths off her... What most would consider a, a big performance for her to come from last and round them up, she was actually probably she was more favoured than runners on speed in the race. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't. She was seen to pretty good effect learning to fly, other than incidental happenings throughout the race, as a fall and maybe did that have a big effect on learning to fly? Not really, but she did. She was back and wide. It didn't. Yeah. If you were drawing up how to how to get the absolute best out of learning to fly, you wouldn't have drawn it up like that. No, it hasn't gone smoothly for her exactly but on the clock it has so which makes you wonder why they didn't run faster that's the that's the big question they were set up to run a faster time yeah they were the way they went early but of course fast horses can run slow times they can it's she ran fast time on debut and she is clearly very good i think the big tick for her is she was able to go forward on debut and then on the weekend she's able to go back so she's versatile which is a big tick to all the race you don't want to have a horse that is pigeonholed a certain way We'll go on to the Taylor Pendrith, but that would have been a lovely segue to uh, the Or Stakes <laughs> oh, and the Apollo, Fangirl and Thunderstruck and Mr. Oh. Brightside and pigeonholing horses and oh gosh. All right. Uh, the <laughs> but there's worse. So Taylor Pendrith, just give a quick rundown. Uh, so Taylor of- Pendrith is the, uh, the anti-Colin Morikawa. Taylor Pendrith, Canadian golfer, brilliant off the tee. Putts all right, I think. He putts all right. He'd have to do something. Yeah. Very inefficient with the approach shots <laughs> uh, and costs himself... Plenty. He does. And amenable. Oh. Cost <laughs> amenable and jockey Damien Oliver, who's staring down the barrel, I think, of double points here. He is. Is it double points, Pendrith? It's very close. It's got to be. <laughs> when I did Sydney, I thought, well, McAvoy cannot be run down here. <laughs> That's fangirl. Fangirl. Like, that is yeah. one of the worst you'll see. And then for Ollie just to go, hold on, Kieran, I'm just going to go straight past you. And... For those wondering why Glint of Silver, a class one horse in Sydney, was able to go down and win a group race when you do the sectionals, suddenly it makes sense because what were they doing? Mm. So if you rework the the race here for pace and try and formulate what it, what it would have washed out like had, had this been run anything like a real horse race, uh, there were too many horses here that were clearly had predetermined ideas of what they were going to do. They were going back and they were going back and they weren't going fast early because they are, they don't care about the autumn stakes, which is a candidate for worst group two on the Australian racing calendar. And I have no idea looking through its history how it holds up. Amenable would be rated 111 if Glint, Glint of Silver was optimistically rated 100. So saying Amenable should have beaten Glint of Silver by 11 pounds. Flogged him, yep. basically, which I think... That would fall in line with that the That would market. fall in line with, with what would have been expected. Pericles should have run 105 and beaten him without the right run. Yep. Uh, Fortune Teller and Mr. Maestro also would have beaten Glint of Silver in a more... Genuinely run race. in a truly run race, in a real race. This was not a real race. So I think that gives amenable hope for the future. 
the history of the autumn stakes into the Australian Guineas would not give him a great deal of hope for the future. He goes straight there? I would think so, three weeks. Yeah, I would think so. The other option is that you go up to the Autumn Classic, the cousin of this Autumn Stakes, and probably the one Group 2 on the calendar that could trump the Autumn Stakes for being horrible. <laughs> but the Autumn Stakes is three from si- three from 65 in the Australian Guineas this century, which, okay, three, three winners, that sounds okay, but it's about half the rate of random chance. So they're winning half what they should if they were just neutral. And the market is backing them as if they are. So they've won half of what they should have against the market, which has wanted six winners in that time. Yeah. The three winners, Apache Cat, Light Fantastic and Heart of Dreams. Amenable is not as good as those, Ooh. although he could take some heart in the fact that two of them were trained by Nick Price. Apache Cat was 118. Light Fantastic was 116. Heart of Dreams ran 113 here and then ran 124 to win the Guineas before beating Hubie and Petri Price are in the far lap. Question. Shoot. The way the race was run, is that just a horrible setup if they do go next into the guineas? It is an interesting one. So this is a this is an idea that I don't understand, is the idea that horses would when they're first up, they don't want to have a hard run, so they run really slowly early and then boom home thirty two. I reckon go down the oval. I love to do all these go down the oval tests. Yep. You saw me nearly rip my hamstring off the bone trying to pull off the Dusty Martin. <laughs> that was <laughs> special. <laughs> That's hard to do as well. And I'll tell you what else is hard to do is run unevenly. Mm. So if you go down the oval and you want to run 200 metres and say this race, this mythical race, this 200-metre race down the oval is going to take 30 seconds, do you think it will be harder and more physically exerting for you to go down and run that about 15-15 or do you think you'd be better off to go down there and try and do it 20-10? Yeah. Which one, you're gonna, which one will get you get hurt? doing 2010 right mm. that's got to be harder yeah i think now i don't train horses so i don't know if you're a horse trainer right into the uh <laughs> what would be easier down the oval competition mm. i think it's i think running evenly is well physics tells me it is the most efficient way to go about it it absolutely is and so you need to expend more energy to change pace yep so huge changes in pace because they ex- require exponentially more energy more pressure on you physically does that seem does this whole thing seem strange to you because you always hear this oh, and the other one is I'm going to ride them cold so they stay the trip so again if I'm in this 200 metre race that's going to be won in about 30 seconds and I'm worried that I don't quite stay 200 metres i got to be honest that's a genuine concern <laughs> <laughs> again I think I'm probably I've got to get 200 metres in 30 seconds so you're going to have to stay. I'm sorry. If you enter a forty a mile race, you got to stay a mile. Like it's, the race is. You're running a mile. You're running a mile. So you may as well try. But I think you are much more likely to run that mile. And physics tells me this is the case. So I don't know why we're even debating this because I'm not better than thousands of years worth of physics. Thousands is a stretch. Hundreds. I'm running it evenly. Mm. I don't think I'm any more chance of getting home over a longer trip by running it 2010, 20 seconds, 10 seconds. In fact, I'm going to blow up, and it's going to be an ugly scene. Wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, well, we're on TikTok now. We are. We'll go down the oval <laughs> and we'll see. We'll <laughs> see how hard it is. The interesting thing, when stables elect to concede from wide draws, so they're happy to give up four or five lengths straight away at the slowest point of the race. When they're, yeah, when we'll they're the, up cheap. When they're the cheapest. And then in the straight, they want to rip down when it's the hardest. It just makes no sense. Hmm. But it is first up, so they don't care. 
But I think as a setup for them going to the Guineas, the old buy high, sell low. <laughs> Good tactic. <laughs> See, for me, Jack and O is now going the Australian Guineas, and I think he's a, he's a stone cold moral. Unless something impresses this weekend. Mm. Well, Nothing on Saturday is beating him in two weeks' time. Three weeks' time, sorry. Yeah. Off oh, that well, he's going to have a, a great rating. But the, the oars are a false race too. Mm. But it is against better horses. I mean, he's run to a 118. I'm saying if we're really generous to amenable, we can say 111. Yeah. So there's a sizable difference between between the two of them. So, But Jackano's not a high-rated oar winner. No. But that's probably a, a function of the race. And the pace there, which was, again, completely false. Should we get to that now? Are we up to that point? Where have we got to? Well, we still haven't touched on Fangirl. Ah, okay, of course. So, yeah, so Amenable wins, but there's a big honorary mention to Kira McAvoy on Fangirl, and it ties exactly into what we're just talking about. They just take her back and settle behind stayers in a slow race. Yeah. Which is why, again, Thunderstruck and Animo at their absolute peak, there's not a lot between the two horses. In terms of horsepower, yeah. you would have to say through the Caulfield Stakes and the Cox Plate that they are similarly matched. And if you think there's a big difference, you're wrong. Well, yeah, there's ever no. They yeah. were Animo's great days. Things went really well for Animo in well better than they went for Thunderstruck in those races. Mm. So the Cox Plate tells me there's not actually a lot between them in a fair fight. Yeah. So the difference with Thunderstruck is he concedes so much at the start and makes it so hard against slower horses to run him down, whereas Animo. Puts himself in the race. He has tactical versatility. And which is why he's so good. And a dominant trainer. Yeah. They're so good at the moment. I say at the moment. Probably unrequired. He's he has topped the racing and sports power rankings now since inception. Yeah. And I haven't updated. I'll update them this afternoon. But he will only stretch his dominance in group races anyway. Yeah. And I assume that probably holds true in handicaps as well. But he's... They're getting so much right. And they're optimising. And as you say, so in the, t- in the same time span, a horse who's... In terms of horsepower, as we said... Tactical versatility and all that sort of thing is part of what makes a good horse good. So Animo is a better horse than Thunderstruck because of this. But yep. it's pretty much tactical versatility that has meant that one horse rated 125.6 and one horse rated 124, not much between them. One's won one race in over 12 months. One from 12, I think, he's now Thunderstruck. And Animo's won seven times in that span. Because he's optimised... And you look across the results on Saturday, James is just optimising his finish positions everywhere. Yeah. So when you get those really even two-year-old races that lack a standout, all these little one percenters count even more so because there's not a dominant powerhouse. And so who's winning those races? Blue Jackets. Yeah. Because they've got all the little bits and pieces. All the little edges are on their side. Clever. Yeah. Clever. And it's hard not to uh, tip your hat to it. And it'd have to be a fine hat to tip to. Have to be. That's what annoys me about Fangirl because her splits at the trials leading into this preparation said she was back. You could say she was unlucky not to get close to Animo first up last prep. I think she was unlucky not to beat him on Saturday. Like, she's gone better on Saturday than she did first up last prep. I think she's gone exactly the same, but she's done it. You're right. She's done it looking even more well as me. Mm. Mm. The hard part for fangirl fans, such as myself, is she'll go the Chipping Norton next. Animo will obviously be favourite, but she's going to be hard second favourite. So in terms of us getting money out of fangirl, it's it's going to be hard because I think from there... She'll go to either the George Ryder and the All-Star Mile. Now, I'm hoping the All-Star Mile is where they go because if she's got to beat the horses in the oar, I'm not really worried about that. I think she can beat them. And she's 20s at the moment for the All-Star Mile, but there is not a lot of talk that she's going that way. The other option is, can we cash in in the Doncaster? Yes, but... 
the likelihood of it being a good track on Doncaster Day <laughs> yeah. is yeah. so slim. So She's at the complete mercy of both the weather and her stable are at the mercy of barriers mm. to an extent as well. So she's she's got a double dose of, of a Goldilocks in a way. Yeah. She's such a good horse, but you need everything. She's such a strong horse too. She absolutely should be making the most. If she draws barriers, they will make the most of it because at least yeah. I'll say that for... Chris Boller is predictable. Yep. For an all-conquering stable, he allows barriers to completely dictate to him, which is a bit of a wuss play, if you ask me. But if she draws well, he's happy to have them positioned It's all about the binary. But she doesn't necessarily need to be handier. She just needs to do more running early on, just mm. not concede for no reason. Yep. And she's such a strong horse as well. Like she, I don't think she, even though she's the big flashy late splits, I don't think she's a flashy horse. I think she's strong. Yeah. And her form is hugely reliable around that 116 mark on good tracks better than wet tracks yeah yeah. so she would have I think she slightly but only very slightly outrun Thunderstruck and Brightside on Saturday in fact it's almost this, it's very very similar yeah. and I think Thunder, well I know Thunderstruck improves panel on that he was given no chance to be honest Mr Brightside is another honorary mention That's he has tactical pace and could have just easily rolled forward there stupid I know what they're doing with that all but it, that fits back to my oval theory I think they well he's first up so we just we can't afford a gut buster so we better go back and do it the gentleman Roy did it the tough way on speed. He did it the easy way, and Mr. Brightside did it the hard way. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to. I've never even spoken to a trainer about that. Mm. I think yeah, it's all about. I'm assuming giving a horse a good experience in their first up run. So you don't want to hustle and bustle them out early. I yeah, think oh, you don't want to hustle and bustle. It's the old like what was that famous American basketball coach? You got the great quote about go quickly but don't hurry. Yeah, that's the. That's the answer. That's I think that's the you know when you walk out at Anfield and it's like this is Liverpool above the when the jockeys walk out and they all touch yeah. they should just, that quote should just be above the jockey sheds yeah. just as they walk out last thing they see just by the way ignore everything the connections <laughs> have just said to you and just read that <laughs> yeah so I think as a race fan happy to see Fangirl and Animo back as a punter I'm not sure where we're going to get to catch in on Fangirl but she's got a big win in her I'm just hoping we get a chance to see it well she could route the mares races so we should touch on speaking of mares. As three-year-old Phillies fangirl was the number one seed in Australia. She's always been tied to Hinged, but probably ratings-wise, not necessarily, but more... Re- Results-wise, yes. Yeah. her and, There's not a lot between her and Hinged. I think I there think is, she, but yeah. yeah well, Results yeah. tell you not. So, you know, how do you argue that? How to make that case. But we always said it's interesting. There's a filly over in New Zealand who's actually, we think, as good as or a bit better than Fangirl, and that's Imperatrice. And on the weekend, she absolutely detonated. Absolute rocket, yeah. 122. So she would have, in my opinion, and I think, I don't know, but I dare say most handicappers, it form time, no matter what you, which variables you lean hardest into, I think you would have her winning a trans-Tasman 1400 metre race on Saturday, the Apollo v, v the Or. Be the Waikato sprint. I think Imperatrice wins it. The mm. clock was yeah. Wooshka. Wow, me, that was quick. Well, the eyes guys will get thrown off here because of the Rylas horse. <laughs> but she's absolutely sprained them. And good horses too. Yeah, I think she is the best filly to wear the tangerine. Well, she is. She's the best filly to wear the tangerine. She's better than Melody Bell for talent. She hasn't got. She hasn't racked up all those wins that Melody Bell did, but she did it without anything like this talent. Well, I shouldn't say anything like, but... Short of this, better than advantage. If you look at this race, this was so off winning this in a big way. Extravagant won this race. A great New Zealander. A great New Zealander. Oh, Greg, what have you done? He ran eighth in that guineas when he five-legged it around the <laughs> parade ring. He went full yeah. Stradivarius. Yeah, he did. swinging the bat around. He was a good horse, but obviously had a mind of his own. Yeah. Well, no, hang on, his mind wasn't his own. 
his mind, <laughs> his mind was completely dictated to. Uh, Tiako Shark won this and then won the Chipping Norton. Yep. Uh, so Tiako Shark won this, ran 121 and then ran 125 to win the Chipping Norton. Beat very elegant Navilius. So I think she's going to be better than him. Yep. And Levante won it last year, ran 118, then came across and ran fourth in the new market. So, you know, those sort of horses coming off good wins in this have held right up in Australia, and this is the best of them. I think I saw it was the best time, Tayrapa, 1,400 metre time since 1992. Yeah, wow. I didn't get that far back in my own digging, but it was, um, wow, it was fast. The time figure was touching 120. So it's, um, that's a big, big win. And I think she's new market bound, which make the she is going to be hugely interesting in that. Good news for the uh, carnival ahead. So in secret, currently favourite in Paratree's second for the new market. Six dollars. Yeah, se- well, in secret's a funny one. Before even considering you know the handicap and just thinking about it in general and assuming that it, they'll be handicapped normally. Yep. I would lean on the side of Imperatrice being a bit more likely than in secret. Should we touch on In Secret's win? That's a funny race. Again, it wasn't fast. The leader kicked and kicked. A few big names didn't seemingly turn up. A few others were flashing late without necessarily being there trying. Madame Pomery and the thing that ran... Who ran second to her in the Thousand Guineas? Revolutionary Miss. Her and Russian Conquest, I get mixed up. They're the same horse. Same horse. Uh, They were both finishing strong. Fireburn disappointing. North Star Lass disappointing. She was. And it leaves the form looking a little sketchy. But at the same time, In Secret does a good job and she's off the mark and, hey, yep. James hits the board again first up and she'll only improve and she's very good. Yep. Are we going around the grounds? Have we got to that special time? Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. So, Animo. Yep. We've successfully Animoed already. We're happy to have said everything we need to say about the Apollo. I've mentioned this to you prior to the weekend. Animo is so good for the sport because he's not, as we touched on, elite He's still. I think, you need a, I think you need a different word. He's elite. He's not invincible. Yeah, he's not in the realms of winks. Oh God, no. Yeah, that's no. what I mean. Yeah. So he, there is a chance if you're an Animo fan, you you can have get, a bet. You can have a bet, and he's perfect he was because a skinny there Saturday, but yeah. If you want to oppose him, he is beatable. Yeah, yeah. You can like he's it, the perfect. You can make a case. You can go. You go to bed Friday night thinking that'll be an exciting race tomorrow. Whereas the Winks ones, it was like, well, I'll put a line through that race and don't even do the form for it. You know, yeah, she's she's tens on, so she should be next. I think that's why he's so good. And you know, he's just such a versatile horse. Yeah, yeah. Laws of indices just disgrace the Hong Kong form. <laughs> <laughs> the um, betting for him, like he was not. I thought he was going to trim up, and there was no nothing for him yeah, at all, and really ran accordingly. He did trim a little bit, but that was in the early stuff. Yeah, there wasn't... I don't even really think there was a great deal to be said there. Fangirl was the the one everyone saw and the figures essentially backed that up. She was the one that did something Yep. away from the winner. Um, Bring on the Chipping Norton. And we've pretty much covered Jackano, who was the best at Sandown. 118, although only a couple of pounds better than Lofty Strike winning the Rubiton. So he, I assume, is... I mean, that is the Oakley Plate lead-up, so he'll go to the Oakley Plate and 116 there for Lofty Strike. So, yeah, 118, Jackano, 116, Lofty Strike. He will go there, 117, wasn't it, Jigsaw? 115, Star Patrol. IME, similar. IME's a little bit behind them, actually, but she looks like she fits right in there. Yep. Uh, and there's one other that I'm completely forgetting. Well, I saw Borno Notches is going lightning. Good luck. Straight into the furnace. There was one that caught my eye here, uh, Argentia. She a nice mile race there for her somewhere. <laughs> I tell you what, over a mile somewhere. Artorias v Argentia over a mile. That's a good race. It's a good race. Yeah. Do you know, 
Actually, Artoria squealed home in this last year. So she's probably... Oh, poor thing. I mean... In her defence, she did win. Like, she dropped back and won that right there. Yeah, joke's on me. They did win was it the what are the old Chatham, yeah. which was back at 1,200 this year. So she did win back at 1,200 just to reinforce their view that she's not a miler. But I'm happy to go down swinging on this one. Yeah. She's I, a miler and so is Artorius. I think if you had Artorius, it'd be Canterbury Stakes, George Ryder. Oh, Doncaster. it writes itself. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too easy. And he goes to defend his Doncaster crown from last year. Yeah, <laughs> That was great when he ran down Mr. Brightside. Didn't have to run him down. He's in the 1-1 one, one, where yeah. he should be. Yep. <laughs> he's over a mile, he would be. So then we roll on to Doombin, where the big goodbye broke 100, ran 102, but he's a one of Heathcote's handicappers, but there was no... Um, it's a lot of short-priced favourites up in Brisbane on Saturday, but and they were hit and miss, but the big goodbye was the biggest hit at 102. Ocean Treaty ran 100. There was no 100 at Morfittville in Adelaide. Kentucky Casanova, 98, the pick of them. Farouk won the... I think it used to be called the birthday stakes. It was called the Premier's Plate or something. I don't think the Premier's done much for racing in SA. I don't know why you'd be giving him a plate. Stick with the birthday. And then we roll down to Hobart. They had their cup weekend. Big weekend. Military Mission won the cup and was a, I would say, up to scratch cup winner. But the, the hero, the hero of cup weekend was five-time winner this summer. Five from mm. five, the inevitable. 107, which is, he's pretty much banged that up every start. He's yep. had five runs, five wins, five let's just say identical ratings and he's just a damn good horse isn't he get him to the all-star mile why not he has lost a yard i didn't know he was 115 back in 2019 yeah. doesn't feel like that long ago but that's yeah pushing on four Won years the silver now. eagle mm. so he's not unless he's being held back by the the races that he's running in down there but i don't see that he's he's just lost a yard from from those days but he's still a ripper mm. and been well placed well placed and yeah scotty admitted that post-race as well scotty on he's, for on nickname basis yeah Good mates. No, he said it's unlikely that we can get him back to where he was. He's you know, ah, he's so broken he, down. He, th- he knows. He yeah. kn- well, he's broken down three, three times. times. So amazing for him, training performance, to get him back That's to a great job where he is. But yeah, love to see him in the awesome. I think he's the horse that race needs. You need those horses. Yeah, because everyone, you could if you found how could you possibly find someone out there that doesn't like the inevitable? How could anybody not like him? I think everyone launched at him on the weekend. It was a, <laughs> it was a fair cheer when he uh, when he ambled up to him. An ecstatic Elwick. Yeah, it was awesome. Nothing like an ecstatic Elwick. Oh, it's it's one of the nicest racetracks in the country by far, mm. down on the water there. And oh, Hobart in general is brilliant, brilliant joint. They've had recently just had a new track manager start in the last sort of period, and the track now is just racing so much better than it was. And yeah, I think it's a really good area if you want to focus somewhere. It's similar to Hong Kong or WA. You get the same pool of horses running at the same tracks, same trainer jockeys. If you can hone in, and they've got all the data there as well. Mm. Hat tip to Hobart. Big hat tip. And then Ascot, Perth, my Bella May. Eight to one in the winter bottom, so she's a, a good horse. Very, very good horse. Now one five or six. Her only defeat came in that winter bottom. She took care of them first up before she was too strong late for Snipperucci. Oh, yeah. Speed figure snipper. Yeah. Who, friend so, of the show. Friend of the show. And the best thing about that is Snipperucci is a great line horse. She generally runs very similar ratings, so you can be confident where my Bellamy sits. 109, which has her just shy of in secret on the weekend. Mm, but she won't be improving the same way in secret does, I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought no, so. No, I don't want to be harsh. Don't want to be harsh. Five from six. I'd say they're now pushing for a slot in the quokker. All eyes on the quokker. Well, she, she'd she, have to be. She'll get one. Eight to one in a winter bottom tells me. History says. <laughs> Eight to one in a winter bottom. 
that's that's quokka bound. Yep, has to be. We saw some of that form in the East. Well, not exactly, but you can draw some lines. We saw laced up heels. She was six off her best at Sandown, but over 1,100, and she's much better over... She will be better over further, won't she? She only ran six pounds off her best, so I think that is a very acceptable... I think that was a a tick for her and a tick for her 103 rating in Perth. Chris Pendrith-Parnham, how did he go? No, loves Sandown. Lives for it. Perfect. There was a good, strong pace in that race, so... He did settle right at the back, but... Got a nice strong pace, so he got away with it. I'm sure he was probably going to settle out the back, even if they were walking. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for him, they didn't, and he gets away with it. No, rode her, rode her well. And as I said, she's not, as a product of being well-ridden, she's not far off her form, and that's probably at 1,100. That's as good as she goes. Yep. Tick for Amelia's jewel. Yeah, sorry, that's I, that was exactly what was going on in my head, but I don't think I ever said it. <laughs> <laughs> we get there. Yeah. Only horse to beat, Amelia's jewel. Yeah, that's the 103 I'm saying was a tick for that rating. Yes. Yeah, well done, we to, well done to the Perth handicapper. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> that is just so exciting. Well, we only spoke about the form of the Bryce Hayes stable last week and subsequently he had Pokari Kari win the Triskay on Saturday at Juicy Odds for those that got it. So she's not the horse we're focusing that's, that's on. code for you, didn't? No, I didn't. <laughs> but dancing alone at Kembla... Paid $1.4 million for her. She's now two for two. I'm invincible out of miles of Krishan. So family of Terra Vista, Tiger Tees, Ball of Muscle. Yeah. I love those horses where you see smaller stables get one. And Lofty Strike is a good example of that. Big page, big... They've spent some money here. Yeah. You love to see them have a bit of success when they've, they've taken the risk. Mm. Well, softly, softly with her. They've taken their time. Plenty of trials. She won at Canberra on debut and then went back-to-back at Kembla. Now, the clock watches... We'll be going absolutely bananas here. Thirty-one forty-six for a last six hundred. Campbell thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. Should note for those that are just looking at the raw sectionals, the horse that got beat fourteen lengths ran home thirty-three thirty-five. The next slowest last six hundred in this race was thirty-two eighteen. So they're all absolutely flying. So don't get too bogged down on the thirty-one forty-six. Yeah, no, that's the Campbell Thousand is a it's yeah. like the Scone eleven hundred. These are these are traps for young speed figure players. Yeah, so splits just players. Be wary of that, but there obviously is a plus on her win there. So very interested to see where Bryce goes with her after that. But she's two for two. She's very promising, and I'd imagine she'll be at the midweeks next. And I'd say she'll take some holding out. I've got one as well, actually, because I wrote it down last week, so I, I should use it now. Yep, this is a Bruce. I mean, a horse to follow. One for the Black Book. Dundalk, all weather in Ireland. Ooh, exciting. Horse called Toss and Wish, New Bay, out of a Frankel mare, I think. But certainly by New Bay, who is a terrific stallion. Toss and Wish, first run for Joseph. He was one for two for a previous stable. Clearly bored out of that yard and straight to Joey, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Uh, yeah, I was just, I wrote this, I scribbled this down last week because I know that we'll get to this and you say, have you got one to follow? And it's absolutely not. So I'm going to write this down so I remember. Uh, 101, Toss and Wish, 101 time figure. On the Ooh. sands at Dundalk. That's pretty slick. That is slick. Uh, T-O-S-E-N space. Wish. Wish. Traditional spelling. Traditional spelling of wish with a W. I-S-N-H. Uh, that'll... I don't know. That could be a... Could be a very nice horse. I wouldn't be surprised if that pitches up somewhere... Like, way up in class. I wouldn't be surprised if Toss N Wish is a uh, household name in the next six weeks. What are we up to? We're mid-February. It's too early to be... Mm. No, I don't know where Toss and Wish is going, but he, that's the beauty of the that's racing. That's the beauty of, of the Black Book. Black Book. It's free and available on the website. 
and as soon as Toshin Wish accepts, you will be notified and hopefully we'll be having a bet. Well, hopefully he does pitch him up because if he doesn't pitch him up, we're looking at 10s on because <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps us up. We'll be back with the preamble on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in.